Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello there, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. Join me in welcoming Casey Holstein. He's the Director of Client Relations and co-owner of Synergy Home Care, Metro, New Jersey. The main mission of uh, Synergy Home Care is to help the elderly age with dignity and grace. Unfortunately, Casey lost his wife, Robin, to breast cancer, and that prompted the passion in him to help others and his community. I cannot conceive a more back-to-basic story than dealing with such a big loss in one's life. With that, let's welcome Casey. Hello. Hello, Leticia. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thanks. How are you? Very good. I'm happy to have you. And, uh, you know, anybody following the podcast knows that we've had another owner of a Synergy Home Care, and she was amazing, Ruth Pusalaki. And uh, she, you know, shares such an amazing and powerful story. And I think the mission you guys have, it's, it's really remarkable. And for that, I thank you for being here. My pleasure. My pleasure. So tell me a bit about the younger version of you. I always like to start with asking people, did you ever envision yourself doing this? So I want to know, where are you from? A little bit about your childhood and, and you know, what were you passionate about in your, in your early years? So I um, am 60 years old. I grew up in northern New Jersey, in West Orange, New Jersey, in a, basically, and I, I keep telling people, an upper middle class, very boring, nice lifestyle. Working, uh, working dad, stay-at-home mom, two younger sisters, you know, not a lot of struggle early on in, in life. Went to school at the University of Hartford, got into my career and and bounced around for probably about 10 years or so trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Well, I, just, I, ha I have to stop you there, though. What was your career? What did you choose? I worked. I worked. I started out in the Lord and Taylor training program as a buyer's buyer training program. And then I went to I spent some time in the garment center for a while. Um, I got married very young. That didn't work out. Took some time off sort of ran away to Aspen, Colorado for a couple of years, came back, went into business with my father, who I, it was sort of a dream of mine always to work with him in a, uh, a small chemical business that, that he had purchased. That never really went well. He sadly died um, on his 61st birthday, basically, in a stroke. I was about 35 at the time. And, that sort of, and I didn't handle his death well. And, and that is, I think, important because that sort of propelled me into the successes that I've had in, in the later part of my life. Got out of that business and went into the litigation support business. And during this transition of getting out of that business and into this business, I met my future wife or late wife, Robin. This is around 96, 97. And uh, we got married. We had two children. 
And I was doing this business, helping lawyers prepare cases for trials, so like a support system. I'm not a lawyer. I never want to be one, to be perfectly honest with you, by, by being, uh, working with them. And um, during this time, she was diagnosed with, as the doctors referred to it as, um, basic garden variety breast cancer. Nothing, you know, special, sadly. Um, she fought a valiant battle for five years and then passed away in, uh, in August of 2002, excuse me, in 2007, August of 2007. And what propelled me into this business, uh, I think, was that as poorly as I handled my dad's death or my dad's passing, I vowed as a father and as a husband to treat both her illness, support, and then subsequently the next phase of, of my professional career with a much higher level of dignity and, and so on and so forth. And not just what well, was me, but how can I help people who, who will, I, I joined a club, I joined a bad club, but people in front of me have been in this club and gave me guidance. And now I'm a member of this club. How can I do good on her memory, on our children's behalf, and then continue to do good beyond? And that sort of propelled me into the home care business in a, in a, in a way. Wow, that's, uh, you know, we have many guests that have shared, you know, their, I call it back to basic story or their, you know, growth story and obviously losing a loved one. Cannot imagine your wife. And then I know your daughters were very young, right? They were six and eight. Right, eight, eight and six at the time. Yeah. And that is definitely yeah. something that, that, I mean, you, you definitely had a, a challenge cut out for you because you were grieving yourself and then you have to to deal with how you make things as smooth as possible for your daughters. Correct. Correct. And so I know that I read somewhere you, you went to like a support group. I think that's something very important to share because a lot of people go through, through these uh, traumatic experiences and maybe minimize the, the power that something like that might could have. So one of the, the darkest things about being a widower or a widow or something like that, or when anybody has challenges is that you feel, you often feel like you're on an island and nobody knows what you're feeling and, and, and so, and what you're going through. And people early on, and I continue to do this, I reached out to all the support services that I could find during her illness. We did some, we did a lot of therapy with the girls. So it was during the illness through a charity called Cancer Cares. And then after she passed through something called good grief, which is family counseling for you know families that have lost a significant loved one, whether it's a mother or father or a grandparent. We also did comfort zone camps. And basically this was all done to help my girls and my, me, to be honest with you, realize that we're not alone in this journey. And the and the and the sadness and the you know the feelings that we feel we're not alone. And uh, it's an incredibly supportive environment. I've supported it for years, continue to support it. We also did a lot of work with the Avon breast, the, the Avon breast cancer walks, which are sadly no longer. But we did those for, I did those for 11 years. The girls did them for as many years as they could as, as in the youth group and then as adult walkers. So it's, it, I, th I think it helps to give back and, and keep moving forward. And, and one of the, you know, one of the things that my wife and I talked about was 
she realized she was passing, but she didn't want me to die with her. She didn't want the girls to die with her. She knew she was going and she wanted us to go on and keep living life and, and living in, in a respectful manner, in a dignified manner, in a proud manner and honor her, but don't let her death be um, become sort of like, you know, the professional, a professional widower. Mm -hmm. a long-term widower just mm -hmm. keep moving forward and that's sort of what we've done you know yeah wow that's uh that's something powerful i think um that that knowing people having lost good friends myself is very hard to move on right because you feel almost guilty from it like okay they don't get to do this correct correct and you feel guilty and but you realize and and i was given that gift i was given the gift of You know, unlike my dad who passed away from a stroke very suddenly, you know, the my wife's illness was, you know, we saw this coming and we were able, we were able to talk about these things and sort of plan for the future, so to speak. So that is something that I think if if anybody's listening out there um, and they're dealing with some of these these things, that's very important is have these conversations and, you know, let you let your loved one know how you feel, allow your loved one to let, to tell you how they feel and so on and so forth. And that's a real, that's like a gift. That's a gift. It's, it's, you know, so it's a gift and it's a guideline because you can sort of honor their wishes as you go through life, continue through life. Absolutely. So I'm yeah. curious, do you think you had this gift buried in you as we were talking about the younger part of yourself and that you were a helper or giving back, or you think it was just through life's hardships, unfortunately, this gift was developed, and now you are really making the most out of it? Um, I, I think it's probably a blend of both, to be honest with you. I have always been, you know, I'm always wanting to give my shirt off the back. I'm always willing to help others. I always have been. I can't say I was a, a huge volunteer early on, but I always did stuff for other people. I always helped out. And when this occurred, as I told you, I was, um, my previous career was, was, was helping lawyers prepare cases and push cases through trial. These are big, big, you know, multi-million dollar, billion dollar corporate cases. And uh, my wife passed and I took some time off and I tried to re-engage in that professional, that profession and just couldn't find the, the emotion to deal with this sort of infighting which makes a good lawyer a good lawyer in a lot of ways. The, the tenacity and the toughness and to a certain degree, the ruthlessness and, and so on and so on. And I, was, I took some time off and I was looking for something to do to move forward in my professional career because I do have to work and help and give back. And the home care business is a good business. America is aging. I have a, a great partner who handles the weaknesses of my personal and professional characteristics, you know, uh, skill set. Uh, I'm much more of the outgoing person, the relationship person into the community, helping people. So uh, as I was um, telling somebody earlier, I just literally came back a half an hour ago from helping, from talking to a family whose wife is passing from cancer. And I'm sitting there talking to the husband, telling him that I've been in your shoes 15 years ago. I was in your shoes. Okay, I know exactly how this is going to go. Here are some things that helped me that might be able to help you. And those things that I learned were given to me as gifts by people 
five and 10 years ahead of me in their struggles, you know, of losing a loved one and so on and so forth, both male and female, you know, both, both, uh, parents and, 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 you know, parents of young kids and parents of older children. So, it, you know, things like that. And, and I do remember with, uh, when we had Bruce on the show and, uh, she owns also, you know, the same operation mm -hmm. that Milwaukee. you do. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She talked a lot about that. So I would love to, and it was powerful introspection because if you share about, you know, the, the model, a lot of people say, you know, when you get old, you have to go to like an assisted living and, 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 or you, it's like so radical, right? Like we think I don't want to put my parents somewhere, you know, and, and this is the model that, that you guys have is, is, is different. It's a blend and you guys adapt to anybody's needs as even is running errands for an elderly but while they're in their own home, correct? Correct, correct. Our, our model or our, 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 our mantra, for, for I guess is probably a better word, is um, to help people remain as independent as possible. And, you know, we deal with people now and mostly in their 80s and 90s who are a very prideful generation, okay? Um, you know, grew up during world wars and depression era things, you know, depression era in, in, in the Jewish community and here in northern New Jersey, there's a lot of Holocaust survivors and families of, of things like that. So they're very strong, very prideful, and they don't feel that they need help. And the problem is, is that it's often after the fact that they need the help when a little bit of help in the front could have prevented them from falling down a step, from doing something in the kitchen, from making a mistake, from things like that. So as a society, you know, we outsource a lot of the things that, that we do, you know, whether it's uh, food delivery, mowing the lawn, landscaping, you know, shoveling snow doing this and that, home repairs, things like that. This is just sort of another aspect of it. Yes, it's more personal. Yes, there's a lot of dignity that goes in it. But we try and help people stay healthy. There was a, um, a tagline that somebody once said, which I love, is give us a call before you fall. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and, right? And, and a lot of times, you know, you don't call a plumber until there's a leak. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. And in our case, that's sort of the same scenario. But if you had called the plumber because you knew your plumbing wasn't good, it could have prevented all that stuff. It's kind of the same thing. It's it's you know, we're here to help. And the and, and, and it is is that we provide help for the entire family. So I am sure many of your listeners are people who have taken care of mom and dad or grandma and grandpa. And, you know, they're juggling the sandwich generation mindset. They've got kids in school, they're employees themselves, they have little kids, they have a husband, a spouse, a boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, partner, whatever, whatever it is. And this takes up, this will suck you up caring for a loved one. So we provide care for everyone and we try and prevent those falls as opposed to just sort of sweeping up after the fact. Yeah, no, I think that's a very good thought and it's something that I don't think We like to think about it, but planning for those circumstances is important also because, as you say, societies have changed. Like my family is Sicilian. I would just spend the summer in Sicily. And uh, it used to be that the family was that support system. You know, everybody was around, so everybody would chip in to help the elderly. But even there, 
people have already, my cousins are living, you know, in different cities. And, and so I could see my aunt who has always been there for everybody. Now she has to have someone that sleeps with her, someone that takes care. And as much as you want to, I will go pick her up every day so that she could chit chat with my, with my dad. But there's only so many times you can go and pick them up. So you also realize that as much as you want to do, you cannot do it all. We're, we're a much more spread out and diverse society in this generation than in previous generations. And we really made the jump in the last, I would say, two generations from, um, you know, from, from our, the grandparents, the, the 80 and 90 year olds who raised their kids, who most of them stayed in the area and would help out. But now with technology and wanting to go and the world is a much bigger place. I mean, here you are, you're from Sicily, but you're in Miami right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's the same. It's sort of the same thing. So it's, and we're living longer as well. We're living much longer. We're much more attuned to what we put in our bodies and our health. And, you know, you know, people are smoking less. People are, you have a pill to lower your blood pressure. You have a pill to manage this and a pill to manage that. And you can go to a doctor and you can lie on the table and they can take a full body scan and tell you here and there. And, and so um, we're just living longer. And as we live longer, it's enveloping more generations and those generations, you know what? I, I want to live my life. We're, we're very selfless and yet selfish. Yeah, so. that is a good point. So I have a curiosity. You've seen so many people and families, you know, where you get there, maybe even this family you just met with. And, and to you, it's a no brainer. This is like we can add value. We can, you know, do so many things besides. And, and I don't even know, you know, in terms of the economical factor, but leaving that aside, like I'm sure there's people that have, you know, blockages and that have their own circumstances why they would not want to go ahead. I know that in my case, for example, in, as I said, in our type of families, like you have to take care of your elderly. You cannot outsource that. That's something that I know a lot of us deal with. What what have you seen that it's something that prevents people from making this decision? And what would you say to them to, you know, to let them or allow them to give the help the elderly need? So many people are very private people. And you are now asking a complete stranger for the most part to come into your home on a daily basis or move into your home, you know, uh, on a continual basis to care for you. Right. And so you're private. So your privacy, which is, you know, which is a core value of who you are is now being completely turned on its side because somebody's got to come in and do the most you know, they have to touch your body. They have to clean you. They have to bathe you. They have to get deep inside. You know, a lot of us, we're, we, we don't open ourselves up, right? We, this is who we are. We live like this. And I don't really need anybody else to tell me what to do and help me and so on and so forth. But then when I'm, I'm often my most vulnerable and frail, right, I now have to open open that up and really face my fears or, or a level of uncomfortableness that I'm not used to. And, and again, you've got, you know, we will oftentimes, some of my most difficult clients um, are the tightest families because they're relying on that, that family 
to take care of me. I took care of you. I took care of your grandmother, your mother. Now you take care of care of me from generation to generation. And society's not like that so much anymore. So those those are the fears. I mean, and also, you know, you 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 mentioned earlier about the financial cost. What we provide is not cheap. I think all of your listeners would agree that healthcare is just a huge expense. Even when we've got insurance and we've got Medicare and, and all these other programs that help pay for all this stuff, there's still a tremendous amount of out-of-pocket expense in caring for us in and in, in our health. And um, it's hard. It's hard. And I'm I go in, they they invite me into their home and I tell them what it's what it'll cost. And you know, hopefully the people that um are are paying for the service can afford it. But budget always matters. It is it is very, very important. Budget always matters. And like anything else, you can afford a really nice you know, apartment or live a, a place of residence if you have more money. If you don't, you live in a smaller place. It's sort of like the same thing. Absolutely. But I also think the intangible aspect of things uh, that I do remember when my grandmother, which actually lived three months short of a hundred, that glass of red wine does make the difference. Um, and uh, I remember that we had to place her because we don't live in Italy. So we had to put her in, in, a, in a nursing home. And I remember like knowing that she could have like a private room versus having to share or like those choices and seeing her so happy that would take us the extra mile to say anything she needs. And I know that a lot of people listening out there, I think the most important thing is that they see the person they love being taken good care of. And also being in a in a in a situation where even the person that's being taken care of, I think would feel good knowing that they are not being, you know, a big weight on their loved ones. And I think that's a, a, an aspect that sometimes we don't consider when we're making these decisions. Absolutely. I think one of the key things that I've learned over the 13 years that that we've that we've been in the home care business is I tell people is to have a plan, have a discussion. Like what are your wants? What are your wishes as a as a family member? If you want to go into what we talked about a facility and not be a burden on your family, then let them know. Let them know if you that you desire to stay at home and age in place and what can we do to make you know the house that I grew up or the house I've lived in for the last 30 40 50 years habitable for me to stay in a safe a safe safe environment um, you know what we're seeing a little bit more is is a new wave of multi-generational families where grandma or mom comes back in to live with the family if they're empty nesters or things like that Kids have gone off to college or have gone off, you know, to, to, to live their lives. And we've got some rooms and they come in there and, and, and mom or dad or grandma and grandpa come with, you know, their things. And you, you the, that's a lifestyle choice. And there is no one answer for everyone. And you get into a lot of family dynamics. I have to tell you that I what I did not know and what I learned very quickly is that I get very deep into families very, very quickly, like two minutes. Mm -hmm. And I'm, 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 I'm really into the, uh, the nuances of the family dynamic and you can read it. 
and it's it, it it is what it is. It is it is good in some cases, and in most cases, it is very good. And in other cases, it's not. It's a lot of family dynamic and scenarios that, although I grew up in a very peaceful environment, not all my clients' families were that. Are that? So you, you know, it, it 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 you have to sort of come in and 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 nuance the situation and see where it is and so on and so forth. And it's hard. It's it, it's hard. I imagine, yeah. but I think even a, an objective player in that scenario, I think it's helpful because it's a, someone with fresh eyes. Yeah, and 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 basically, you know, I I think one of the best part of the jobs is and I say this, um, is that I get the ability to sort of tell people exactly what's going to happen because I've seen it so many times. And yes, everybody's different, but a lot of, in a lot of cases, the, the circumstances are very similar. Okay. And, and this is what's going to happen. And how can you as the family protect and, and, and let everybody's interests flourish in the best way possible? You know, mom and dad's going to need this help. And you think you, you can only afford seven days a week, but you got to account for the other six. Or you want somebody to live in the house, but mom doesn't want somebody to live in the house. So how can we do that? You know, and, and, and we have found that as the elderly get more elderly, they become, in a lot of ways, very narcissistic. I want you to help me. I don't, and, and I say this to the daughter or the son. They don't care so much about your world. It's all about their world. Mm -hmm. Getting up, going to the, getting breakfast, watching TV, going out for a walk, eating lunch, taking a nap, you know, all those, those things in the later part of life that, you know, sort of, uh, you know, make the day go. They want help from their loved ones who they raised because, right. So they expect you to return that favor. And that's very difficult, especially inside and especially in COVID too. Absolutely. I mean, COVID is taken. Yeah has taken that whole interpersonal connections that we all thrive on and blown it apart. So instead of welcoming people into your home, you were like, no, 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 go away. Yeah. Do not come, do not come here or leave your things on the stoop. And when you're away, I'll open the door real quickly mm -hmm. and grab them. Yes, yes, huh? absolutely. It's, it's definitely make the, the dynamics so man, so different for everybody. And, and also for, I mean, when I, I talk to my parents and I'm lucky that they're still alive, 87 and almost 80. And I say, these are, you know, they're not at the, at the beginning of the road uh, for sure. So to, to think that they're living these years in this circumstance, it, it's just really upsetting. Yeah. And it's, You know, it's the circle of life, okay? We all complete the circle, right? And hopefully it's a healthy circle for everybody, but it oftentimes it is not. And I think the key is, is to understand the circle of life. And you, we all have emotions towards it. We're sad, we're sad and so on and so forth, you know, towards as the circle closes at, at the end, but it's preparing you oneself for that and, and it's dignity and it's peacefulness and it's a pain-free sort of exit and things like that. And that's what we bring. We bring, hopefully, hopefully we bring stability. Hopefully we bring a level of stability and caring and compassion that allows the family to gather together, you know, over the days, weeks, months, years, and so on and so forth. Um, 
and, and, and provide the love and the caring while we do some of the non-glamorous heavy lifting. No, no, I, I, you know, the, it's very, very remarkable work that you do. And uh, so as we get to the end of the interview, I wonder someone that has had so many uh, challenging and very, very difficult tests in your life, losing your spouse and raising your mm -hmm. daughters. Obviously, times have gotten dark. What do you think has helped you? Like, I always like to ask what makes you tick. And, and you've said helping others. What other things do you think are the ones that keep you going strong and passionate about what you do? I work hard and I play hard. And, and I, I live, I live, I get busy living. Okay. You know, and I, and I be responsible and I take care of others and I incorporate, you know, I'm gonna, I, I incorporate, it takes a village and I have a lot of friends and I have family and I go out and I don't wait You know, I don't want to be that should have, could have, would have kind of person because I've been touched by the fragility of life often at an early age. My, again, my dad died when I was 35. My wife died when I was 45. So, so I've seen that and, and we all see the fragility of life and look at, and, and COVID, if nothing else, if nothing else, you know, Get through this, and I implore all your all your listeners to be vaccinated. I am I am vaccinated. I've already received the booster because I was one of the first ones to get it. So, um, is go out and do, and don't wait in the hopes that you'll, you know, I'll get there. It's like try and get there when you can, you know, and take people and love with you along the way because it's really, really, you know, we're not here for a long time. I'm 60 years old. I can't believe that I'm 60 years old. <laughs> okay. And I think most people don't, don't feel their age. Yeah. They feel much younger. Yeah. And you wake up and you're like, holy cow, how did I get to be this age? I feel so much younger. And if you look back, it's just memories. But if you look forward, it's about experiences. I love that. So that's very, very inspirational. And I thank you for that. And I, I, I am completely with you on the vaccine, completely with you. And, and no. don't go leave. I lost one of my best friends at 17 and on a tragic car accident. And that yeah. to me also completely changed the mindset of I, when I hear people saying, well, in three years, we're going to do that. I always clinch. I'm like, who knows in three years what's going to happen, right? If you can just go and do it, just as you said. Right. Exactly. So I thank you, Casey. This has been great. I would definitely share with the audience, you know, the information about your business and some of the things you share about cancer cares and good grief, because I think we, we really need to learn to grieve better. I think in the Western culture, we struggle with that. I think it's a part of it. It's a part of it, but we need to honor and then move forward. You can't, you know, grieving forever benefits no one respecting honoring and then taking that legacy mindset and moving forward i think honors everyone so i thank you for that that's definitely uh encouraging and, and a good good thought to keep in mind because this is one thing is for certain we all gonna go through or we all go oh, through well, this experience unfortunately absolutely. absolutely so thank you so much casey my pleasure thank you very much and i hope your listeners have a great day and Listen, maybe listen to a little bit about living life a little bit more. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Back to Basics. 
you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you, and until the next time.